So this morning I'm speaking on what I've titled the full joy experience. The full joy what? Experience. Last week we spoke from Isaiah 6 to 1. And if you remember, we broke it down into like three different categories of what was happening in there. First is transformation. That's the transformation of the people. God sending his son Jesus, anointing him with power and with the Holy Spirit to go and heal the people and go around and do good. So the Lord sent Jesus to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free to proclaim the day of the Lord, to exchange the spirit of heaviness with the garment of what? Of praise. So the transformation took place in the lives of the people. And now the Lord is saying, now that I have transformed you, you are now rebuilders. Remember that? You are rebuilders. You are meant to go out there and proclaim this gospel. The things that I did, now that you have the Holy Spirit in you, you can also go out there in my name to heal the sick. You can go out there in my name to cast out demons. You can go out there in my name to proclaim the blessings of the Lord on people. And then the last part of Isaiah 6, the one that we looked at where the rewards that come to those who have taken on these responsibilities to be rebuilders. Then the Lord says something. He said that for your shame, you would receive double honor says also that he will bless you in nations. I mean, there are treasures and riches he has kept for you in nations. And lastly, he said that everlasting joy shall be yours. Joy that lasts even beyond your lifetime. So eternity, a place of no more pain, a place of no more tears, a place of no death. And so this morning we continue in part two, which is the full joy experience. And there, there are things that bring us joy. And there are also things that take our joy away. And this morning we'll focus on the things that bring us joy. Go with me first of all into Romans chapter 4 verse 17. Romans 4 17, it says that for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's not of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, the kingdom of God. Three things, righteousness, peace, and joy, and joy. These three things, however, they have two things in common. These three elements, or three gifts, they have two things in common, which is which are God provides them to us, and God also uses them. Let's look at righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We might become the righteousness of God. Let me tell you something. God cannot stop being righteous. God cannot be unrighteous. God cannot be unholy. The righteousness of God. Our righteousness is in him. We enjoy righteousness in Christ Jesus. And for us to continue to enjoy that, it means Christ must continue to be righteous. Righteous. 
So that's the first thing, it's righteousness. And the second one, it talks about peace, right? John chapter 14, verse 27. John 14, 27 says, peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give. To you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So the peace that Christ gives us is the same peace working in him. It says, my peace I give to you. So the peace running in us is the same peace running in Christ. This is not world peace concept. This is not, you know, what the UN is trying to do. Amen. This is the peace of Christ Jesus. The same one in him. The peace that makes you still even in the midst of a storm. The still, the, the peace that makes you, that keeps you going with faith even when you're surrounded with doubts. The peace of the Lord that makes you fearless even in the face of challenges. And now it talks about the joy of the Lord. If you go to the next chapter, Gospel of John 15 verse 11. John 15 11 now says that these things I have spoken to you. This is Jesus speaking here. That my joy may remain in you. And that your joy may be full. That my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be what? May be full. So we see um, some form of consistency, right, between the peace and also the joy. When the Lord spoke about the peace, he says, my peace I give to you. And here he's saying that my joy remains what? In you. So the same joy that Jesus has is the same joy that we also have. You know, Jesus cannot be found depressed, you know. The same joy running in Christ is also the same joy running in us. In us. So we are meant to protect this joy. We are meant to ensure nothing takes this joy away from us. And let me tell you the reason why. The reason is because there are different byproducts of joy. For example, Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. In there it says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Meaning that strength is a product, is a result of joy. If you read Romans, Romans 15, 13, in there it talks about the God of hope who fills us with peace and joy that we may abound with hope. That we may what? Abound in hope. Meaning that hope is also a product of joy. Are you following me this morning? So the kingdom of God, you know, we pray that prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, our Lord be thy name, right? Thy kingdom come. Meaning, Lord, we want your kingdom to be established here on earth. Whatever is happening in heaven, we also want to see it manifest here on earth. And those things are righteousness. Thy righteousness come. Thy peace, what? Come. Thy joy, what? Come. So every believer, every believer must have the joy of the Lord. Oh, it's not optional. Every believer, every child of God must have the joy of the Lord. 
So what are the things that give us joy? We will look into a couple of them, a few of them this morning. So the starting point of this can be found in Psalms 51. Psalms 51. And for me, Psalms 51 is one of the most unforgettable Psalms in the, in the scripture. But for you to really understand Psalms 51, the background of that Psalms is in 2 Samuel chapter 11. And you can read that, you know, uh, when you get home. 2 Samuel chapter 11. And, and what happened there was King David went up to the roof of his home to get some fresh air. He looked across him, saw another woman taking a shower, and before you knew it, he committed adultery with Bathsheba and also arranged for her husband to be killed. Very tragic story. So what now Psalm, what Psalm 51 now talks about is how David responded you know, to his failures. How David responded to his failures. And now the first thing he did, if you look at Psalms 51, was that David made a confession to God. David did what? He confessed to God. He acknowledged that God, I did what I shouldn't have done. I messed up. I, 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 I committed adultery. I fell. I planned a murder. He confessed to God. That was the first thing that David did. And then by the time you now get to verse 7 of Psalms 51, David's prayer now changed. It went from confessing his sins to asking for a cleansing from his sins. So his prayer changed. He says, okay, God, now I need you to purge me. I need you to cleanse me. Remove all those things on the inside of me. The things that led me to do what I did. Lord, help me. Cleanse me. Sanctify me. David's prayer continued into sanctification, which is very important, you know, because sometimes we confess our sins to God, but we do not ask for a cleansing. We confess to God, but we do not go back to God to purge us and help us so we do not do those things again. So we're not slipping and falling and sliding. He asked the Lord for a clean heart. Lord, to take away that heart. The things that keep leading him to do the things he shouldn't do. And then the third part of his prayer had to do with the restoration. He says, Lord, now restore to me the joy. Psalms 51 verse 12. Psalms 51 verse 12 says that, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. Restore to me, Lord. The joy of your salvation, the things I've missed out on, restore to me. Help me to remember who you are to me and how you've always been there for me. So what do we take away from this? The first step towards experiencing the joy of the Lord is salvation. The first step towards experiencing the joy of the Lord is what? It's salvation. It's salvation. You must be saved. <laughs> you must be what? Be saved. 
and know for a fact that you are saved. Know for a fact that you are what? That you are saved. You know, some people are not sure whether they are saved. There are three different categories. Those who are saved, they know it. Those who are not saved, and those who are unsure whether they are really saved. Like, did I really confess Christ as my Lord and Savior? And do I really believe in my heart that he died and rose for me? You know, the most amazing thing about the story of David is that those steps we mentioned are actually the steps that you take towards salvation, you know. Psalms 51. Those things we mentioned. Number one, you repent of your sins and you confess them to God. Lord, I've done wrong. Lord, I've messed up. You confess to him. These were my old ways, Lord. I repent, meaning I stop and I make a U-turn. You confess to God and then you ask him to come in. You, 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 you believe in your heart. He comes into you. The, he gives you the Holy Spirit who begins to now purge you and sanctify you, cleaning you up, making you better by the day. Making you better by the day. Oh, no, this is not how to do it. Oh, no, don't do that again. Oh, take this direction next time. Okay? Oh, no, no. When you go up the roof and you see someone like that, come back instantly. Oh, no, don't do, don't, no. The Holy Spirit now begins to do what? Cleanse you. And then your relationship with the Father is now restored. Restoration. Your relationship with the Father is now what? It's now restored. No more shame. No more guilt. No more pain. No more condemnation. Now you can walk into your freedom. Now you can walk into your heritage. Now you have access to all the things that the Lord has promised you. So the first step to enjoying the joy of the Lord is salvation. And then, now let's go into the next thing, which is from the book of Psalms 61, sorry, Psalm 16, verse 11. Psalm 16, verse 11 says that you will show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Pleasures for what? Forevermore. In your presence is fullness of joy. The presence of the Lord gives us joy. The presence of the Lord gives us joy. God is everywhere at all times. God is in the heavens. God is here on earth. God is beneath the earth. That's why we call him omnipresent. He is everywhere at all what? At all times. At all times. And he reveals himself in what? In different ways. That's the God that we serve. Think about this, you know. If you go out there now, we don't even have to be out there in here. We have um, oxygen, right? That's what we breathe, right? We have oxygen, right? Now, for you to be alive, your body must interact with that oxygen. Are you with me? You have to breathe for you to live. 
Do you understand? There must be some form of interaction. And when we now come to God, there must be some form of interaction because he's everywhere. He's in the heavens, he's on earth, he's beneath the earth, he's everywhere, he's omnipresent. omnipresent. So our body, our spirit, our soul has to interact with God for us to enjoy everything he offers. So the presence of the Lord is not limited to your home. It's not limited to the church. The presence of the Lord is in you as well. The God we're talking about is everywhere at all times. So how do we now begin to interact with him? Through prayers. We interact with him through studying the word. Through meditating on it and obeying the word of God. We interact with God through um, a lifestyle of worship. In his presence is the fullness of what? Of joy. In his presence is what? The fullness of joy. Of joy. Some of us, you know, when you want to, um, when you want to have a party, Right? There are, there are things that you do. You get, get a DJ. Well, it depends on the kind of party. You, know, you get a DJ or you can go for a live band. Right? Go, I, think, I like live band. I like live band. You know? Or you go for a live band. There's, you, there's music. You get a caterer. You know, and different kinds of food. You, know, you can get an MC. And you, know, you, you do different things. You decorate the place. What you're doing is you're trying to create a presence for your guests that are coming, for them to have an experience. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to create a presence for them so, so that they, they can have a great time when they come. So they won't say, oh, that party was somehow, you know, when I went there. Oh, no, 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 no. You're trying to create something. Every, every morning, Sunday mornings, for example, most times, when I wake up in the morning, I have this very nice boom box, and it's by the wall. It's by the wall, so that you know it, it moves, it, it shakes everyone in the community. Yes, it vibrates. I turn it on, and I'm just I'm doing my thing. I'm singing. I'm worshiping. The worship I did today in the church. This is second set for me. This is not my first set. I've gone through different songs this morning already. You know, and it's loud. You will wake up. That Sunday alarm. You will watch. You, I'm trying to create this experience with my God that can happen anywhere. Because in his presence, you know, there, there is what fullness of joy. So I'm not waiting to come to church to, for anyone to pump me up, for anyone to try to get me to. No, I, I, I came with joy. Yeah. I came with what? With joy. With joy. So you, you don't allow anyone to dampen your environment. Don't allow, any, don't allow anything to just fill your area with sorrow. No, I, I don't like things to just be, you know, when, when, I, when, I, watch, when I watch movies. Uh, I usually give movies like, like five, maybe max ten minutes. You know, if it's not picking up, if it's not picking up, say, I'll tell my wife, change this thing. This thing is going nowhere. Have you seen movies where from the first scene is action? Bam! Like, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Let's go. 
You know, sometimes my daughter will say, Daddy, give it some time. It will pick up. I'll say, it's not picking up. My wife will say, I say, it's, this thing is not picking up. Oh, they said it picked up in episode three. I will wait till episode three for this thing. I need it to pick up. I've seen what? One. Seen one. Seen one. <laughs> so don't let anything mess up your experience with God. In his presence is not half, but fullness of joy. In his presence is what? Is fullness. Fullness of joy. Fullness at all times. At all times. And don't be apologetic about it. No. You get into his presence, you just go. Have you, you know, you, you pray to him. Have, have, you, have, have you prayed before? And when, you, when you're done, you just have this joy. You just have this joy in you. You know, you feel lightweighted. You know, you, you're done, you know, maybe it's a spiritual warfare, you're done praying, and you're like, ah, I wish the devil would just show up here right now. I will cut, the way I will cut his head and slice him. <laughs> you know, you are charged, you are, you are excited. That's what happens in the presence of God. You read the scripture, you read something, and you're like, oh my goodness, it still happened to me this morning, right? I was telling her on our way here, I said, I've read this particular scripture, in, only God knows how many times, so many times. But today, I just saw something. I said, what? This is what the scripture is saying. Joy. Joy. You know what to do. You just kick it. You just. In his presence is what? Fullness of joy. Don't let anything dampen your joy. Don't let anything keep you in sorrow. Don't, don't let anything weigh you down. Don't let anything weigh you down. We went to see the movie one time. A long time ago. Long time ago. <laughs> This movie was so boring. Oh my goodness. I think it's the most boring movie I've ever seen. We went to the theater. So, at a point, she slept on my, slept on my lap, and I slept, <laughs> and I slept on her back. All through the entire movie. I'm just even, I hope we're not even snoring. I just, it just occurred to me now. All through the movie, I won't tell you the name of the movie. It was so bad. Ah! It's not even, it's, you can't even find it anywhere. It's not on Netflix or anything. It's how boring it is. The movie had no presence. Amen. <laughs> so number three, how else do you experience this full joy? And you're going to like this one. John chapter 16, verse 24. John 16, 24. In there it says, until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive. That your joy may be what? Full. <laughs> I love that. Ask in my name and you will receive. That your joy may be full. May be full. There is joy when you ask and have your prayers answered. Yes. There is joy when you ask and you have your prayers what? Answered. There is nothing wrong in asking. Asking God for your needs does not mean you do not have faith. Asking God for what you need does not mean you do not trust him. Asking God for what you need does not mean you, you are materialistic. No. It says, ask in my name that your joy may be what? May be full. May be full. You know what I've discovered? Many times, what we do is we complain. Thinking God will, um, what's the word? Like, 
change. What's the reversal? I'm sorry, I'm lost of word right now. You know, like you will process the complaint uh, and turn it into a request to him. No. You know, God, you know, do you know God hates complaints? He hates it. He said it. He said, I hate complaints. No. Oh, God, eh, I, 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 don't, I don't know why you did that. Huh? I applied for this job. You know I prayed. I applied for it. See what happened. You know I prayed. You know I need this. Lord, you know I need this. You know I've been praying. I've been talking to your bodies. I need you to show up for me. That's not asking. Who are you to blame God? You can't. You are too far. No. You think God is going up and down saying, oh, ha. Oh, you, you didn't get the job? Oh, my goodness. What, what happened? Who, who did we? Who did you get this? No. That's, that's not God. Ask. Do what? Ask that your joy may be full. That your joy may be what? May be full. My, my, my kids have an interesting way of asking. And they came up with this, you know, yeah, about a year ago or something. And then they would say, well, um, I know you're, you're going to say no already. That's how it starts. I know you're going to say no already, but I'm still going to ask. Daddy, can I have this? I know you're going to say no already, but I'm still going to ask. And you know me now. I would like to prove myself. So 95% of the time I will say, okay, yes, you can have this. They'll say, what? And they just like, you know, their faces laid up and everything and they're excited. And they just go, you know. But you know, sometimes I like to bust their bubble. I know you're going to say no already. Uh, No. I just go. But they've now turned it into a strategy. They've seen that whenever they start with that, this man likes to show himself. So they will always come and say, oh, Daddy, I know you're going to say no already. Because they know the answer will end up being what? A yes. A yes. A yes. I've, I've caught this. I've caught it now. So now <laughs> they will say, Yeah, I've caught them now. So they, they, they need to find something else. Ask the Lord for what you need so that your joy may be full. May be full. You may, you may get no to some of your wants, but you will always get a yes to all your needs. Always. God will never deny you of the things you need. Never. You will always get a yes. Because Philippians 4.19 tells me that my Lord shall supply all my needs without exception. All my what? My needs. All my needs. All my needs. In the name of Jesus, I declare you will never lack all the things you need. In the mighty name of Jesus, wherever you go to, you will experience the blessings of the Lord, the riches of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, ask in his name, that your joy may be full. If you remember last week, we prayed, we mentioned that for some of you in here, there are places, nations, that are waiting to hear your voice. Yeah, the Lord says, I have riches and treasures I've kept for you in nations. In nations. Places you've never even been to, they are waiting for you to be a blessing. For you to access the treasures that the Lord has for you in there. There are places waiting for your products, waiting for your services. You 
are just refusing to see beyond <laughs> your local community. What you're just doing in your kitchen, doing in your room, in your, in your basement. God says there are places in nations you've not been to waiting for this. Everything the Lord has prepared for you, in nations they will be delivered to you. The Lord will begin to open your eyes. It will begin to open your ears. It will begin to bring many opportunities your way in the name of Jesus. So how do you experience full joy? Number one, we spoke about salvation. Number two, the presence of the Lord. Number three, asking, asking the Lord for our needs. And then number four, is from Acts of the Apostle, chapter 2, verse 46 to 47. Acts 2, 46 to 47. In there it says, So, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. There is something about the saints when we gather together. When we fellowship. The scripture says that they had gladness of hearts. That gladness of hearts is also the joy of the Lord. When the people came together, when the saints did what? When they came together. Guess what? God did not create you. To live a life deprived of friends, family, and community. No, God did not create you in such a way. To live a life deprived of friends, deprived of family, deprived of community. Oh, I just, I, I just, I just want to be by myself. You know, oh, I just love this, my bed, and this is my cozy blanket. Every day is you on your blanket. Get out. Go out. Enjoy. Enjoy the things the Lord has blessed you with. Like the sun. Be part of a community. Yes. There are people waiting to hear you. There are people who want to see you. Who just, by seeing you, it brings them joy. You can't live your life in isolation. The environment we're in encourages that. But you have to be the one to decide and say, no, I will not live my life in isolation. You know what I discovered? I discovered that Jesus was a social being. Jesus. You know, when they, they invited him to the wedding, I always love to play that scene in a very dramatic way. Like they invited Jesus and he RSVP'd them. And he said, plus 12. Like, we invited you, you bring 12 people. Like, you know, if, if, when, when 13 people show up to someone else's party, you know it's about to be loud in there. Like, it's like we are, we, are, we, are, we are just, you know, we're about to make some noise. It's about to be so interesting, you know. Jesus showed up, and he always repeated, I'm, I'm coming with my boys, okay? Not just me. We're, we're coming to have a great time here. What's your own now, you know? What's yours? What's yours? I, I, I know you don't like to. You don't have to... Go for every invitation, or you know, you, you don't have to uh, uh, attend every event, but you can attend some. Here at Model City Church, our vision is to be the place where 
You grow in your faith, you find family, you experience freedom, and you achieve God's future for your life. Are you with me? Now, see, that part of finding family, that's our own way of being intentional in making sure you don't live life alone. There are different opportunities here. Different ones. Not just, don't just come on Sunday. We don't want you to just come and just leave. It's not a place where you just come and just, and just run away. No. There's a lady that you wish to come here. She's serving now, you know. Every Sunday, she comes. Once I'm done preaching, I just see her. She just carries her bag and leaves. So, I, I cut a strategy. So, me too. Once I'm done preaching, as she's leaving, me too, I just continue. <laughs> I would usually catch out by the doors. <sighs> <laughs> oh, amazing. She's serving now in the host team. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's not one of the first to leave. She's one of the last to leave. And there are different opportunities here as a church. Different. We have the Bible, um, con- um, Bible study. We have our prayer band that meets. You can, you can, you can join a connect. We have a connect group for everyone, no matter the stage of life you're in. There is a group for you. You cannot live your life in isolation. No. You can serve on a team. We have something for the couples coming up. Something for the singles also coming up. The kids had the Bible club yesterday. There is something forever. After service, we are here at 2.30. You know, to watch Nigeria beat Ivory... Sorry. Watch Nigeria play um, Ivory Coast. Amen? At 2.30 this afternoon, we're going to be here. God has created us to be together and have this gladness of heart. Some of you, you know it's whenever you're with your friends or with people, that's when you laugh a lot. That's when you smile. That's when you're just, you know, you remember some stories. You remember some things. God has created us to live together as a community. Amen? See what it says here in Isaiah 56, verse 7. I'm going to be rounding up soon. Isaiah 56, verse 7 says that my holy mountain, no, sorry, even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their bond offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. I will make them joyful in my house of prayers. So the house of God must be full of joy, not sorrow. Not sorrow. Not like you come and you just frown your face and we, you know, we leave you more depressed than you came. No. The word might get you to the point where you're reflecting a lot when you're living, you, you know, you're being challenged, but not, to, not like you come here and then we give you sorrow <laughs> to go with. No, it says that my house, I would make them joyful in my house of prayers. A house of prayer is a house of what? Answers. Answers and a house of joy. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And then lastly, how do we experience the full joy of the Lord? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Hebrews 12, verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Lastly, how do you experience full joy? You keep your eyes on Jesus. You fix your eyes on who? On Jesus. Now, here is something we must understand. There are two categories of things that are always um, speaking to us constantly. You know, and I have divided them into two. And one is the economy. One is the economy. The economy, you're always hearing different kind of news. Oh, there is inflation going on. Oh, there is war happening. Oh, the housing market is this. Oh, unemployment rates is that. Oh, the price of milk is this. You know, just keep hearing different kind of things about the economy. You are bombarded by the news everywhere you go. Something is just coming your way. Oh, the government is about to shut down. I've never had that before until I came to this government shut down. Oh, the government is about to, to you know, to, to shut down. So the economy is speaking to you, and because of that, as opposed to looking to God for divine direction, you are being directed by what you see happening in the economy. He has given you instructions on what to do. For example, let's say the Lord has said, oh, 2024, I'm going to buy you your own house. But now you see the rates just spiking and doing all that. You just say, oh, no, it doesn't make sense now. Have you applied first? I've, I've, can, you, can you start the process first? Let, let's just start the process. And then let God take care of the rest. So the first thing is the economy. And the second is our environment. And you know, as nuclear as possible. It could be your home. It could be your family. It could be your work. It could be your business. There are different things happening there. People speaking different things to you bullying you, abusing you, just, you know, uh, 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 just bringing different things your way, calling you names, discouraging you, those you've shared your vision with. And they're just speaking negativity to you. So those two things are always, always speaking. But I'm reminded of Daniel, Daniel 4. Verse 16, in there it says that the Lord rules in the affairs of men and he gives it to whomever he wills. The Lord rules in the affairs of men and he does it whichever way he does. And God is also the one who changes the heart of man, changes the heart of kings. So either the economy or the environment, they all respond to whatever the Lord says and whatever he does. So when it comes to me, I will always put my trust in God. Knowing that in the end, things would work out in my favor. So that my joy may be what? May be full. In the end, things what? Work out in my favor so that my joy may be full. I will continue to trust in God. I will continue to fix my eyes on him. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, 
that is so powerful. The Lord set joy before him. The one who is the joy of all joys. He set joy before him. Why are you setting sadness before you? Why are you setting defeat before you? you know, for some, for some of you, you there, there are things you believe in God for. And you think more of the negative results than even the positive one. Why? Be careful what you said before you. Jesus despised shame. Shame was there, but he didn't see it. He despised it. He ignored it. He ignored it. Set joy before you. My wife was believing God for something earlier this year, and we prayed together for it. Prayed together, and she was meant to get an answer at a particular time. But the answer didn't come at that time. It didn't come day one, it didn't come day two. At the point, she was <laughs> getting anxious. I remember she just walked in <laughs> to the room that day and said, Oh, I've not heard back, and I need to hear back from these people. She said, Can we pray and put it into the hands of the Lord? And I responded and I said, Is it in the hand of the devil? I responded and I said, Is it in the hand of the devil? We prayed and committed it into God's hands. We continue to pray until we receive our answer, until it's perfected. But now when you say, oh, can we commit it into God's hands? I said, is it in the hands of the devil? Like the Lord had it. And he looked away and the enemy came and just snatched it and left. <laughs> I said, is it in the hand of what? Oh, the devil. I said, last time I checked, in him I live. In him I move. In him I have my being. If I am in him, everything concerning me is also in him. And I dare that devil to go there and go get it from him. He said, it's not in the hands of the devil. So the fact that you haven't heard from them when you expect to hear from them does not mean that the Lord is done. And last week, the same people answered that again, the exact answer she was looking for. Stop living your life. Stop living your life in fear. Stop living your life looking at the many doubts around. I hear the same news you hear sometimes if I choose to. News don't move me. News don't. That was the time I stopped hearing the news until I got to the point where news doesn't move me. Especially if it's against what the Lord is, has promised me as a child of the kingdom. I'm not a child of the United States. No, I'm a child of the kingdom. That's who you are. You just live here. You're just passing through here. We are citizens of where? Of heaven. Of heaven. That's our citizenships. We're just ambassadors here on earth. So it's not the policies here that would determine the blessing of the Lord on my life or determine the joy in my life or the joy in my home. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It's my strength. And I declare over you this morning in the name of Jesus that the joy of the Lord will remain in you. That joy would be full at all times. It will not be taken away from you in the name of Jesus. You will not be anxious in your ways. You will live your life fearlessly in the name of Jesus. The Lord will surround you with his favor. The Lord will surround you with his grace. You would always see the mercy of the Lord 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Sorrow will be far away from you. Tragedy will be far away from you. Sickness will be far away from you. In the name of Jesus, in your going out, you're blessed. In your coming in, you're protected. In the mighty name of Jesus, the Lord will continue to help you. It will continue to lift your head. It will continue to protect you. In the mighty name of Jesus. While others are saying there is a casting down, you will say there is a lifting up. In the name of Jesus, your joy will not be cut short. Your life will not be cut short. In the mighty name of Jesus. In your work success. In your business success. In the name of Jesus. The Lord will prosper the works of your hands. Whatever you touch, it will be fruitful. Whatever you touch, it will multiply. In the mighty name of Jesus. Your home will be filled with the presence of the Lord. Your life will be filled with His presence. In the name of Jesus. It is well with you. No mental breakdown for anyone. No depression for anyone. No anxiety for anyone. I come against that spirit of depression in the name of Jesus. It is well with you. In Jesus name we pray. Come on rise up on your feet this morning. And give Jesus praise. 